good morning. Yeah. Let's pray. First of all, God, we just thank you for being who you are. We acknowledge that you are worthy. We acknowledge that you are holy. We love you for just being you. We thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you for Holy Spirit that guides us. We thank you for this wonderful day you've given us. And Lord, I ask that you would just invade this space. You would penetrate each heart. You would speak truth to us. You would remind us of how much you love us, what you have called us to do, and give us the courage and the wisdom and the faith to do just that. We praise you for who you are. You are good. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Um, real quick, if you don't know me, some of my friends that know me well refer to me as a bull in a china shop in the most sweet and tender way. Um, I will probably stick to right here because if I start to wonder, I could hurt myself or things could happen. And um, I have some slides they're going to put up, but I'm going to get out of order for just a little bit because I feel like I need to say this first. So if you are a Bible opener or a scripture looker-upper, I want you to just open up to Luke 1. We will get back to it later. Um, but I feel like I need to say something first. Luke 1, 38. This is Mary speaking, the mother of Jesus. And she says, behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. Amen. Now that is a beautiful statement that she makes, but it is power packed too. And I just want to say that sometimes God asks you to do things and you are gung-ho and ready and you're just into it. And sometimes he asks you to do things and you're kind of like, wait, are you sure? Or I think I can, but I'm a little nervous. You ever done that? Has he ever asked you to do something you weren't 1,000%? Do you know that if you say yes to God, even if your voice shakes, he is good with that and he works with that? And I love that about him because almost every one of my yeses is, okay, <laughs> gulp. And when I was preparing for today, I had a really, really cool illustration that I thought I was going to get to use and reference some other things. And then he just said, no, I want you to do this instead. So we'll just see how this goes. But I believe it is what he asked me to do. And that's the only thing I want to do. So let it be unto me, as you say. There is a beautiful passage in Ecclesiastes 3 that talks about time and how there's a time for everything, right? Um, a while back, they even had a really cool song about it. Um, but I would go to the Bible first before that. But it says that there is a time for everything. And one of the things it says that there is a time for in this life is laughter. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad laughter's a thing? Um, I don't have a verse for this, but I think that God likes to giggle. 
I really do. Look at all the things we do. And I, as a parent, you get a lot of opportunities to giggle at your kids. I mean, you can choose to giggle or something else. But there's a lot of funny moments. And I don't think he would have given us a giggle if he didn't do that himself. Um, that's just me. You can come back with me later if you have something against that. But um, my next slide is a photo. Um, it's my favorite family photo of the Murrows family. Nope, that's not it. There's a family picture. Maybe it'll come up or not. But um, it was <clears throat> just one of many opportunities that I had to laugh. We'll just talk about this one. My daughter, Madison, um, gave herself a haircut right before Easter. And then a couple years later, she gave her and her own sister a haircut too. So her first two haircuts were by herself and her sister. And she was very proud of what she did that day. Um, another one of the moments I had that I can laugh about now is when I had three kids and we were scrambling to get to Christmas pageant practice. And I was very proud that we got there in time. And then I looked up and saw my daughter on the stage and her pants were on inside out. <laughs> and that's okay. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, she was the cutest angel ever, even like that. Um, then there was the time that one of my boys, when they were able to walk and able to climb the stairs up to their sister's room, had carried a carton of eggs up there. And I kept hearing this funny thunking sound. And then I realized that he had thrown a dozen eggs downstairs, and that was awesome too. And I laugh now, but it, not as much then. Um, and then that same child also had a whole box, like the family giant, ginormous size of Cheerios and started doing this right down our vent in our living room. That was a good time. Um, but besides the haircuts, one of my favorites as a mom is the time that I got a call from school, and it was Molly, and she was in elementary school, and she said, Mom, could you go out in the yard and find my other flip-flop and bring it to school? Yeah, because she was in such a hurry to not miss the bus that as it came off, she felt like she shouldn't wait for that. And I got to carry in a flip-flop to the school office and hand it to the secretary. And that was a great moment in my life as a mom. Um, laughter, indeed. And today's Mother's Day, but don't we know what's coming up next month? Father's Day. You know what that means? Dad jokes. It is your time to shine, guys. Um, so when I was thinking about that, and I don't usually try to tell jokes, and when I do, it doesn't work out so well, but I was wondering, are there mom jokes? So I'm really sad to inform you that I Googled that. I'm even sadder to tell you that there are some. They were either so tragically unfunny or just fake, like I have never heard a mom or ever heard a mom say those things. So I decided we'll just leave those jokes to the guys. So get ready. You got a few weeks to bring on your best ones. Um, but something that moms do have, we have stories. And we have something called mom speak. And I bet you know it. Everybody in here knows some version of mom speak. Mom lingo. Uh, this might sound familiar. I said no. Don't touch that. Put that down. Pick that up. Put that down. Eat your dinner. You got to eat. Just take two bites. Two more bites. One more bite. 
Or when your child asks you something and a mom, you get to say stuff like, well, maybe, or we'll see. Because we all know what that means, don't we, moms? Uh, Stop that. Stop it. Stop it. Uh, Stop doing that. Stop saying that. Stop fighting. Stop hitting her. Just stop. Don't make me come in there. Don't make me stop this. You know it. Don't roll your eyes at me. I saw that. Or here's one of my personal favorites. Oh, honey, you wouldn't like this. It's spicy. (laughs) Or how about this mom speak? Be careful. Be careful. Be careful. In the Midwest, that can sound like, watch out for deer. (laughs) It's going to be slick out there tonight. Be careful. The, the farmers are out now, so give yourself a little extra time. Bring a jacket. It's going to be cold later. Just trust me. Just bring the jacket. It's okay. It's okay. It's going to be all right. You can do this. You can do it. I'm right here. I'm not going anywhere. Please call when you get there. Please call when you get there. Please call if you have any questions. Please call if you need anything. Please call. That's mom speak. All those statements and so many more, but they all can be wrapped up and summarized into one three-word statement. I love you. 1 Corinthians 13 describes the attributes of love beautifully. And verse 7 specifically says, love never gives up. Love never loses faith. It is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Every. On this Mother's Day, we're going to look at how a mama's heart and God's heart have that 1 Corinthians enduring love in common. And how they are both wholehearted. Author Jane Austen said, There is nothing I would not do for those who are really my friends. I have no notion of loving people by halves. It is not my nature. I adore Jane Austen. I do. But she's not my favorite author. But in this quote, she does sound a whole lot like him. Endures through every circumstance. Our God does not love halfway. He does not use half of his heart. It is not in his nature. Wholehearted, the definition is, completely and sincerely devoted, an earnest commitment, holding nothing back, nothing A few weeks ago, I saw this promo for one of these dating slash proposals slash maybe we're going to get married reality shows. Yeah, I know. One of the participants was talking about what love and relationships should be and what they shouldn't be. And here's what she said. 
With my current boyfriend, I feel like some of his marriage and family goals would cause me to have to make sacrifices. And that's not fair. I won't do it. I shouldn't have to. And neither should he. Real love should never have to make sacrifices for another person. To that I say, John 15, 13. John 15, 13 says, Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. I think I'm going to stick with that opinion. Many people both in the world, and let's be honest, in the church too, only know the world's distorted version of love. Not everybody knows. So any concept of a sacrificial love or a love that you have to give or meet halfway seems absurd or unreasonable or undoable. But the thing is, though, the thing is, though, I happen to know, and so do a bunch of you, you, we know love. We know love. We know his name. Because our God, he is in fact love. He is love. And that love paid a big price for me and paid a big price for you. 1 John 4, 7 and 8. 1 John 4, 7 and 8 says, Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love God does not know God, for God is love. That's a lot of words, isn't it? A whole lot of is and isn't, but it's about love. And here is what the Message Bible says in this. The person who refuses to love doesn't know the first thing about God. Whoa. Because God is love, so you can't know him if you don't love And here's a little tip. It's not just the people you want to love. It's all people. We cannot expect the world to understand God's love. His love is not something that the world can understand. They have to experience it, then they know. However, we have experienced it and we know. So we ourselves should understand it. We should receive it. And we should express that love in such a way that it draws others to Christ. Right? When the wholehearted love of God reaches your heart, when that love gets in your heart, you want to share it. You have to. You can't even hardly help it because it's so good. Even when sometimes it involves sacrifice. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? The words that are related to the word sacrifice help expand this in our brains. Sacrifice means dedicate Devote, hand over, surrender. I have known and I do know some amazing, awesome, wonderful moms. I know moms who love as well as they breathe air in and out of their lungs. And there are a lot of mamas in this room and mamas that are watching and mamas out there that love in the same way with their whole hearts. Moms are a special, beautiful reflection of our God's heart. They reflect who he is. 
I have a friend who's ahead of me in life. It feels like I'm catching up to her now at this point in life, but she's ahead of me in years. And uh, her name's Kathy, but most of the world, and especially the tri-state, know her as Mama. Um, she will cook for the biggest event that your church has. She will Mama your toddler whenever is necessary, or the big ones too. Um, and she will get up at any hour of the night out of bed and pick you up and take you to the emergency room and take care of you, and she'll feed your family the next day. We don't spend time together like we used to, but for almost as long as I've known her, she's called me her adopted daughter, and I'm just one of many of her adopted kids, but her heart is totally devoted and surrendered to love and to being a mom, wholehearted. Her mothering has made a huge impact on many, including me. And my own mom's been a constant in my life in ways that when I was growing up, I didn't fully recognize. And a lot of that parenting, you don't get till you have your own kids, right? And then you're like, oh, mom, I'm so sorry for everything I did, basically. But I didn't realize growing up that not everybody has a mom that is the class mom and does the brownies and the Girl Scouts and the 4-H and the band boosters and works in the concession stand. I can hardly think of an activity or an event that I was in that she wasn't there supporting me for love. And today, still supporting me and loving me and our kids and our grandson, her mothering and its impact of love continues on still. And then another mom that we just mentioned earlier that had a wholehearted love in Luke 138 is Mary. And again, I'll say, she said, behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. Now, a lot of us have heard this story and we know this, but listen, she was a young teenager. She was not married. And she had just been told by an angel from heaven, not only was she going to be a mother, but she was going to be the mother of the Savior. She was fully unprepared, not only for this message, but from coming from an angel. She wasn't at the point in her life to be preparing to have kids. Yeah, she was engaged. She was going to be married, but she wasn't ready that day to start being a mother. Still, it only took a moment for her faith in God to connect and to spark within her that mother's heart, that mother's love. Mary said, this is so much bigger than me, so I surrender my will to your plan, God. Let it be into me as you say. And I'm sure a lot of people will mention Mary on Mother's Day. That's okay, I'm doing it too. Mary and her response, even while she was likely still stunned and confused, and maybe her voice was shaking a little, her fast response was fully the heart of motherhood and the heart of our Savior, her son. And it was the true heart response of wholehearted love. Surrendering all in that moment because that's what real, authentic, enduring love can require from a whole heart. Mary knew her yes to God was going to come at a price, right? Her reputation would be stained, ruined. Her family would bear the shame of this for always. Her fiance might leave her. 
She didn't know, but she knew there would be a price. Not to mention, how exactly do you prepare to be the mother of the Lord, the Son of God, who's also God? There is no how to take care of Jesus, Savior, as your son. Um, And also, she had to somewhere in there know the pain that would be attached to being mother to the Messiah. And as all these consequences were stacking up and stacking up in the back of her mind, or maybe in the front, she knew her wholehearted faith in God would accept nothing less than be it unto me as you say. And do you know that that's what he he really wants from each one of us? Not just Mary, everyone who follows him. He wants a wholehearted Let it be unto me as you say. When was the last time you gave him that answer? If you are a blood-bought, redeemed, Holy Spirit-filled child of the one true God, saved by grace in Jesus Christ, that should be your response. God teaches us through his word what love is, what it acts like, what it looks like, what it does, and how it affects us. Jesus emulated for us the perfect example of what love is willing to give. And Holy Spirit whispers and shouts to us every day how to walk that path. The love of God is what saves us every day. The love of God is what saves us every day. You do not live one day that you do not need his love to get you through. That love is what makes caring for others possible because I have some great kids and I love them, but you know what? Sometimes I don't like them. And sometimes they don't like me. But we still love each other and God's love will help us get through that moment or that thing. Matthew twenty two thirty seven through 39 says, You must love the Lord your God with all of your heart and all of your soul and all of your mind. And it says, This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love God, love yourself, love others. And that, your friends, that, my friends, your friends, my friends, all our friends, that takes all of our whole hearts. It takes every bit. If you've ever stayed up at night with a colicky baby, a teething baby, a fussy baby, a croupy baby, a baby baby, if you've ever spent a couple hours late at night nodding off on the couch waiting for your teenager to get home, if you've ever spent hours on your knees praying for God to help your child, if your heart's ever ached for a prodigal, that's all of your whole heart. And back to Ecclesiastes 3, where it tells us there's a time for everything. It tells us there is a time to laugh. And it also tells us that there is a time to cry. And it's okay to cry. The laughter helps our hearts to bear the crying and the hard times and the harder times and the sacrifices that sometimes wholehearted love requires. I just shared this recently, but the young version of April was 100 1,000% convinced that I was not going to be anybody's mom. 
I did not have that ability. It would not be a good idea. So my game plan in life was zero kids. Then I met the most handsome, tall, brown-eyed guy who wanted at least, he said, four kids. (laughs) Hilarious. Then not too much long after that, I was pregnant with a baby. (laughs) Suddenly everything in my life was different. Now an angel didn't come down and advise me and I told God that probably would have been real helpful if he would have just came and gave me some instructions, but he didn't. Then Madison Elaine was in a hurry to be born. She arrived six weeks early. She was sent to NICU and she was on the vent. Three days later, I was able to go to the hospital where she was and see her for the first time since she had been born. And as I was standing in that sink room, scrubbing up my hands and my arms with disinfectant, the one thing I did know was that I couldn't do any of that on my own. I couldn't be her mom on my own. So right there in that sink room with my arms all sudsed up, I surrendered to the God that I had been mostly ignoring for quite some time. I surrendered my life that I had been living and I asked God to help her, to help me, to help us. And you know what? He did. His love did. The love of my mother's heart was willing to give everything for my child. And his father's love in his heart was right there doing the same thing. To be fair, It was one of the greatest decisions I've ever made. And what I've received has been nothing short of magnificent. I knew that half-hearted was not going to do it. And even at that moment, I was not interested in offering half of a heart to my child or to any of my children. Because God brought us three more. (laughs) One and three. Yep, folks, that's right. Um, I said no kids. God said four kids. He won. I'm so grateful. But I want to be clear. I did not become a mother that moment when she was born. I didn't become a mother in that sink room or when I got to hold her for the first time. I became a mother, my heart, the moment that I looked at that second test stick. (laughs) just to be sure. I was unprepared. I was afraid. I had other plans and ideas. But in that instant, my whole heart was suddenly transformed. And that full, wholehearted mothering was there. I willingly laid down everything else for my child and for my children. I have never regretted it. Never It hasn't always been easy, but I have never regretted it. Hear me when I say half-hearted love would have never been enough for Madison or the rest or anything else. But one more time, I want to be clear. God did not start to love you when you accepted his son as your savior. God did not start to love you when you were born. God didn't even start to love you when your mother was pregnant. 
God has loved you since the beginning of time. He created you specifically and designed you a long, 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 long time ago. And he knew, he knew your smile. He knew your laugh. He knew what your voice would sound like. And he knew every single one of your weaknesses before you ever got here. And he loved you. His wholehearted love was so great that he was willing to lay down everything for you, his son. For you, his child, for his children. And listen, he has never regretted it. The truth is, even when you love with all your heart, it's not always easy and it does require sacrifice. But the truth is, when you truly love someone, when you really, really, really love someone, they are more important to you than anything else. And you are willing to let other things go for that love. It's worth it, but it does cost. Let it be unto me, as you say, is not cheap. John 3.16 in this version John 3.16 says, God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world that he even gave his one and only son. So whoever believes and trusts in him as savior shall not perish but have eternal life. That verse says, I love you better than anything else. Jesus is called savior, not because it sounds good, but because he is the savior That is his name. He was moved by love in such a way that he was willing to become a sacrifice for every one of us. In Victor Hugo's novel and the musical Les Miserables, there is a line that says, to love another person is to see the face of God. Have you ever watched a baby sleep because they're so beautiful you can't help yourself and you're tired, but they are. When you see people through the lens of love and when you love, you are seeing what God sees. And through that, you see a reflection of him back. I read a bit on Victor Hugo when this quote came to mind because I like to study a little bit more about what I'm saying. And I found out that he grew up in a household of faith, but spent his life walking away from it, even criticizing it. Still, a lot of the words that he wrote pointed back to that God he was running from. There's a priest in Les Mis. And in a great scene, he gives a very costly, great gift to a totally undeserving man. Does that sound familiar? Hugo left a note right before he died with these words, to love is to act. He ran from God in his life, but the truth did not escape him. Love is action. And I love Hugo too, but I'm just going to quote my favorite author on this. And there's an image I think that has several scriptures. Here's what. Our God says about this, let all that you do be done with love. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us. 
This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Do you feel a pattern? Do you sense these things connecting? Wholehearted, giving, sacrificing, surrendered. And then here's one that you really need to think about if you haven't fully ever absorbed it. Romans 5, 8 says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Not half-hearted love in any of that because when you were fighting him, when your back was to him, when you were doing everything you could to be away from him, to not honor him, he was loving you. If you're hearing this and you have never truly experienced the wholehearted love of God and you're not even sure if that love really exists, I pray that these words would just bust into your heart, would explode there and create a hunger to know more. Because his love is real. And if that's you, don't miss this chance that God is, he is hollering. I was going to say whisper, but he's hollering to you. I'm here and I love you. Don't miss this opportunity to know more, to seek him. And at the end of the service, come to one of the prayer team members. May these words that are true about God and about his love reach our minds and refresh our hearts about what loving others looks like, how it works, what it costs, and how we as his children are called to extend love and to help us to remember the sacrifice that God's love's made for us. And on this day, when we acknowledge those who access God's wholehearted, sacrificing love and mother us, who love us, support us, provide for us, who do our laundry and do our laundry and do our laundry and then do our laundry. We, his children, are called to extend love that way and to help us remember the sacrifice that God's love has made for all of us. All the mamas, listen, all the mamas, moms, bonus moms, foster moms, grandmas, aunts, sisters, friends, all the stepmoms, all those moms who step in where a mom is needed. Those who, whose moms aren't with them right now. Those moms who've had to say goodbye too soon to their children. Those moms that had to say goodbye before they even got to say hello. Moms with empty arms still waiting for God to make a way to bring motherhood to them. All the moms, we honor you today. Romans 5, 5 tells us God's love has been poured out into our hearts through Holy Spirit who's been given to us. Poured out into our hearts in such a way to naturally flow out to others. Extra, more than enough. God's never stingy with his love and he has more than enough for you with plenty for you to share with those around you. The getting poured out isn't always pleasant and it can be painful, but he'll be right there with you and always replenish your supply. Sometime before this day ends, let your heart and mind consider the wholehearted love you've been given in this life, the enduring love of a mother, friends and family and people that have shown you love and God's love poured out into your life and the difference that wholehearted love's made and the ways that his word and his love have said to you over the years. Be careful. Be careful. It's okay. It's going to be all right. You can do this. The way his love says, I'm right here. I'm not going anywhere. 
and the way he is saying to each of us, please call if you have any questions. Please call if you need anything. Please call. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. May each one of us, wherever we are, wherever we go, be reminded that we all have the potential to be overflowing with that wholehearted love of God, ready and willing to be picked up and poured out by his hand. May our hearts say today and every day, let it be to me according to your word. Father God, we thank you for being good. We thank you for your love and all that you do. Please help us to be the people you created us to be. In Jesus' name, amen.